like that. I just wish there was a way we could turn off that um, AC. I don't know what there is. Do you know what there is? I have zero idea. I'm going to take a quick look. If there is, that would be amazing. If not, totally fine. Highly doubt there is. Hmm? <laughs> I thought I was turning it off, but I was turning it on. Nice going, Ken. <laughs> no, Are we still recording? We're still recording. Yeah. I love this. Leave it in. I like it too. <laughs> this is raw, dude. I'm sure everyone else hates this, but I'm enjoying it, dude, so it's fine. It's fucking raw, dude. Case <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say fuck last episode. I don't remember. I thought you did. I don't think so. Not I don't think I got that worked up. Guys, full disclosure, me and Ken occasionally, we're adults, we're humans, we curse sometimes. And you know what? There's moments in the podcast where it comes out of us. We're adult human beings. We are being a human. You know what I mean? I'm just kidding. You kind of laid hard into that. <laughs> <laughs> think about it, man. You ever really think about it? Oh, man. I hate the metronome. Everyone else is just like, what the yeah. hell is going on this episode? Get me out of this hell. Um, oh, what the heck? What? Oh, man. What? It's just funny, man. My what? Dad, my dad just texted me, would you like a small soundboard that you can use for mixing audio? I've got two. This would allow you to be able to use your microphone more easily because it provides phantom power. Well, I have phantom power in the audio interface. But that like might, a, for the third mic, that could be super guests. helpful. Oh, Ken, this is gold. This is, this is perfect, actually. Guys, we might have a guest. Uh, this upcoming week. Yeah. Uh, not this episode, but the week after. We might have our guests. Next week. Our first ever guest, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Maybe this soundboard would be the, the ticket. All right, we need to do the effing intro, because we've been... I know. You, oh, you open it. You open it. Guys, welcome to this new installment of The Cook and a Coach. Welcome. I am Kenny. I'm the cook. I'm Beza. I'm the coach. Uh, welcome to the welcome to the podcast. Me and Ken were talking, and we decided that we're going to start adding some segments Yes. To the show. Not that we want a ton of structure, but mm-hmm. especially for me, if I don't have any structure, things are just going to go off the rails and go off the tangents. We're going to start the, each episode by Kenny uh, talking about something in his world of cooking, whether it's mm-hmm. some tips, some inspiration he has, um, something cool going on in that world. And then after that, I will do uh, something similar, but in the realm of coaching, sports, uh, sports performance, et cetera, et cetera. And then, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So for this week, uh, I, we're in 2020 now. We're in the new decade. New it's official. Year. It's official. I mean, by the time you guys heard the last episode, we'd be well into 2020. But, you know, hey, yes, these podcasts come out late. You know, record them early. It is what it is. Roll yeah. with it. Yeah. For sure. So going into 2020, the new decade, I'm trying to find ways to motivate myself to be uh, doing new recipes Uh, pushing myself to cook more consistently and so I was thinking how do I inspire myself to do that and I have been watching a show recently that I really want to plug and just recommend to everybody so good it's called the chef show it is incredible it's directed by John Favreau and it features him and uh, Roy Choi base have you ever watched one of these episodes before I have not you are missing out but I'm a big Favreau fan Favreau so great incredible director I also think a very underrated actor as well He's Favreau. fun. He's fun. Yeah. He has some good cameos randomly. He does. He yeah. really does. I'm a big fan of Favreau, so I have to definitely have to check that out. Yeah, he has so many good movies, and he's directing The Mandalorian, too. Um, but this show is incredible. So if did you ever watch the Chef movie that came out? 
No, but I know you, Dave, can't stop talking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. it is incredible. I love it so much. It's it's one of my favorite movies. All right, so the movie is loosely based off of Roy Choi. He has this amazing taco truck in L.A. And, uh, right on. Yeah, so the movie kind of loosely follows like a fictional version of what might happen if you left this really just like a corporate chef job and then went to a really cool food truck job. And it's just one of my favorite movies. This show is basically going back and meeting with all these cool chefs that inspired this show in addition to it, maybe cameos and all sorts of things like that. Mm-hmm. So freaking good. Every episode has so many different recipes that are featured in, uh, in every episode. There's like, I would say at least four or five different ones. It, it, and they're like complicated recipes and they're cooking in professional like restaurant kitchens for some of them. Sometimes they'll go to a person's house and cook. I think they cook at John Favreau's house sometimes. Anyways, it's kind of like a uh, a student teacher type situation because Roy Choi is such an amazing chef and John Favreau is kind of just this humble student learning throughout the show. Super cool. So many cool cameos. Uh, Aaron Franklin. Do you know him? Oh, he's the he's the one that wrote the book that you guys gave today for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron Franklin. For those who don't know, he's an incredible uh, smoked meats. Uh, the, savant the michael jordan of barbecue of barbecue yeah he's based in austin texas he has a place called franklin's barbecue and which i've been to before it's i have pictures of it on my instagram actually and i love it he's on two of these episodes i think in the first season of the show uh david chang is in this show different actor friends that john favreau has worked with throughout the years sure all sorts of cool people and yeah roy Choi just goes in he makes incredible recipes and uh, while i haven't found the actual takes on the recipes on the internet yet i did find on what's the name of it it's a what's on netflix.com they have all of the screenshots of basically all the ingredients that go into each of the uh, recipes that go into at least one of the seasons that's clutch yeah it's cool they have these really cool interstitials where they have it looks like claymation but it's probably cgi i'm not sure where Mm. it's like a food truck rattling down the the street and then it kind of hits a bump and all the ingredients fly into the air and then it's a freeze frame and it just points to all of it like eggplant broccoli kosher salt all this stuff and Mm -hmm. they break down what's going to go into the recipe that they're about to cook so i just found all these screenshots and now i really want to go and try to actually recreate some of these but nice anyways yeah so i'm going to be probably re-watching some of those episodes i binged it like crazy and yeah just i would recommend that to anyone who's trying to cook more uh this upcoming year find a show that you really like watching that has cooking in it and see if you can try to recreate it the internet has so many different takes on these recipes so use that as inspiration that's definitely what i'm gonna be doing awesome yeah so i didn't really put a lot of thought into mine but (laughs) i'm kind of winging this segment but i know it's 2020 it's a new year new decade which I think is even crazier. I know at the top of every year, everyone sets for themselves fitness goals, health goals, you know, goals in that certain area. And I just want to share the SMART acronym with you guys who don't know what that is already. Um, When it comes to my field study, pretty much everyone, if you're a PT, um, if you're a personal trainer, if you're a strength coach like myself, if you are a a person even going to the medical field even, um, everyone knows what a SMART goal is. It's an acronym that we use. So when you're setting these goals down, you're writing them down in your journal, post them on your on your phone, if you're going to post it on your mirror, whatever. Here's like a way you can like kind of figure out what kind of goals you want to have and figure out like what's the most realistic thing for yourself. So uh, the S for SMART goals is specific. So that's like targeting a specific area for improvement. With that, it could be like, okay, I want to, like, lose weight. But it's like, okay, like, 
how much weight. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or yeah. like, oh, I want to like gain muscle, but it's like, okay, but what does that mean? You know, do you want right. to like lift a certain amount of weight? Do you want to like actually gain a certain amount of like lean body mass? Right. You know, figure out what you actually want specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, measurable, which is the M in SMART. Uh, quantify or suggest an indicator of process of progress. So with that, it's like finding something you can like actually like measure like data wise. Again, it's kind of similar to specific, but a lot of people will say like, "Oh, I want to lose weight." I'm like, "Okay, well, how much?" It's like, "I don't know, just enough so I can like fit into his pants." Right. Which I guess is like specific, kind of, but it's not like you can't really like measure that because I mean. You can fit in the same like pants or whatever, mm-hmm. but you might be actually way more because of you know extra muscle, but you've actually slimmed down. You know, there's so many variables to this. Right, it's not a very specific or helpful goal. Right, so like find something. Here's like okay, I want to like lose two pounds a week for ten weeks, and that'd be like twenty pounds. That should be twenty pounds by the end. That's a good way to like measure out right like your goals. Right, uh, assignable. So specify who will actually do it. So this could be like, okay, I'm doing this by myself, you know, no help. It could be, okay, I'm a higher personal trainer. They're going to help me keep me accountable. This is a thing between me and him. It could be uh, with a friend. It could be with a boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, family member to help keep you accountable. But uh, make sure that when you decide to go after these goals, that you hold yourself accountable and that the people around you who are supposed to help you also help keep you accountable too because accountability is a huge thing when it comes to you know staying in shape and staying on track with all that stuff uh realistic uh what results can be realistically be achieved you know i and this is a good example i can use myself actually yeah so at the top of 2019 um i set myself a goal to bench press 400 squat 500 and deadlift 600 wow uh it's not 2020 i haven't done any of those things but um, I've actually gotten super close to my squat goal. I actually might be able to get it by next week, I think. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. So even though I didn't get the other two goals, they were still within a reasonable reasonable margin. You know, I was still pretty close to those goals. Yeah. And I almost got, you know, the squat one. So mm-hmm. uh, set a goal for yourself where there's like, you know, there's like a that like image of like, a horse in a carriage. There's like a carrot in front of the horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like just in front of him. Yeah. He like almost can get it, but he not quite, you know? Yeah. But the whole point is that the, the horse is like keep going forward because he's find, find a carrot, right? Yeah, moving forward. So it's kind of like a similar idea where it's find a goal that's going to help you keep going that you could probably could get, but it's also hard enough we're going to have to like really put in work and really, really stress yourself to right. get there, you know? Totally. And then um, this kind of plays into the same thing, but the last thing, uh, T, so time-related. So specify when the result can be achieved. Make sure you give yourself enough time to actually complete the goal, but also don't give yourself too much time where you get too lax and you don't actually uh, achieve it. So my people out there who have goals to uh, get back in shape, lose weight, um, research, reach certain biomarkers with their health, et cetera, et cetera, um, I wish you well. Uh, if you have any questions or anything like that, you can always hit me up on Instagram. DM me. Happy to answer your questions. Um, yeah, that's all I have for that segment. Love it. That's great. Yeah. Very goal-oriented for both of ours. Yeah. I like it. I like it, too. Yeah, you, you want our listeners to, like, become the best part of themselves and to, like, 
Totally. We want them to laugh and enjoy this podcast. But we also want them to like learn a little bit, you know, too. Totally, totally. And yeah. we're both very goal oriented people, so I figure it'll be helpful just to even this will be a good a little bit of an accountability thing, like track our progress, see how we're doing, see how we're finding different ways to inspire ourselves and keep moving forward with those different things we really care about. We want to talk music. Let's talk music. We're going to talk about some new music uh, this episode. We're going to be talking uh, Justin Bieber's new song, Yummy, and then uh, The Weeknd uh, dropped two singles, Heartless and Blinding Light. So we want to talk about those a little bit. The Canadian Kings coming back to take over America in 2020. <laughs> Beza absolutely loves The Weeknd so much. I haven't listened to much of his stuff, but I listened to uh, these three songs quite a few times to in, just in prep for this. And But yeah, I'm really curious to hear what you have to say about this. Particularly the weekend, because you have strong feelings about this usually. So I want to just take it back slightly to last week, where we were talking about the 2010s and how like social media kind of like defined that decade. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting that, and this is something that they've talked about in my favorite po podcast, Flagrant Two, where, um, you know, celebrity nowadays is all about proximity and being close with your fans, mm -hmm. and like. You're always in their face. You know, you're always posting on social media. You're always on tour. Yeah. You're always posting videos on YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. The Weeknd is like one of the last celebrities who's like practicing the art of like being distant. If you remember like 2019, he was basically not there. He dropped uh, My Dear Melancholy like beginning in 2018. Um, had a video come out, had like Coachella, and then that was it. And he like, he leaves Instagram, leaves his Twitter. Then no one heard from him for like a year and a half. Yeah. And then right, like Thanksgiving week, 2019, he drops a couple of songs, puts his Instagram back up, and now he's back on top of the charts. I respect that a lot, that he that he's, it sounds like mature enough to step away from it, especially because I think it's probably unhealthy for a lot of people to be that exposed. I don't necessarily think it's mature, though. I think it's more like marketing. Because like, here's the thing. We know a lot about Jay-Z. We know a lot about Beyonce. They're still like distant from like, the, from like the everyday masses, right? They don't post on social media. They don't do that stuff. Yeah. But we don't really know that much about The weekend. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you because you're a super fan. I don't know almost anything about The weekend. I know more I know more about The weekend than most people, and he's still like a very like mysterious person. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Like I, there's very, very few clips of him like actually like sitting down and like talking. Yeah. Like it's a rare thing to like find him like sitting down and like talking, like clips of that. Does that make it easier for you uh, or harder for you when you're listening to someone's music, like to know a lot about them? It what helps, do you mean? It helps me to know more about the artist when I'm listening to them. It Explain helps. that. I like seeing behind the scenes of how they made the music. I like knowing or having an idea anyways of who they are as like a person. Mm -hmm. That helps me connect to the music more if I see things in common with myself. And that person. But one thing I was actually noticing when I was listening to Heartless and Blinding Lights was I don't know almost anything about The Weeknd. And so I, it was hard for me to tell if the, if the way he was writing the songs was like in contrast to how he is in his real life or like, you know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. if you write a song, it might be like a juxtaposition from who you were before, like show some sort of, some kind of growth. And I'm just not super familiar with him. So I, I really enjoyed the songs, but I didn't really know how to connect with it in that way. Do you not believe the songs are like genuine? Like you don't think those songs are like truly who he is? Well, 
I don't know. Some, I mean, okay. So do you want to, let's talk about heartless first. Cause this kind of ties into what I was thinking, especially. Right. Uh, so for heartless, the music video has him. It's in Vegas, right? He's on the strip. By the way, next year's Halloween costume without, a doubt. <laughs> you're going as the weekend. 1000%. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you can pull that off. Yeah. The, the Afro with the mustache yeah. and then the whole suit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Easy. Done. Not even a question. Yeah. Next year's Halloween costume for sure. For sure. Well. Do you think people would know who that you're the weekend? I feel like if <laughs> no, I feel like it, for the most part, yeah. You think so? Or maybe I don't know. I how think many, so. I don't know how many people watch those music videos. That's my thing. But like, it's like all over his Instagram too. It's like all over online. Like yeah, it's but on if Spotify. you recommended this song to me, like in this, like this, I don't know if I would have watched. Like the, video. the the thumbnail is like is him and that an outfit, and that outfit, you know. That's true. And on the single cover, it has that too. On both yeah, of the exactly. Things. So like. Yeah, because he's gonna he's coming out with an album too. So if he if he plays into that costume or whatever more or that outfit, I could see maybe mm-hmm. people recognizing it. <laughs> that would be so funny if no one knew who you were. <laughs> but you know what? I wouldn't even care. I'd be having so much fun. Yeah, with it. Yeah, it would be fun. Um, but yeah, so uh, for the heartless music video, uh, first off, it has like Stranger Things vibes. Were you picking up on really? that? Really? To me, the both songs. And both and both performances had real Stranger Things. Vibes okay, do you mean like '80s vibes or Stranger Things both, vibes? Both, both. Look at. I didn't get any Stranger Things vibes. <laughs> really? Okay. No, 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 no. Really, dude? I really '80s for it. sure. Definitely '80s. Definitely '80s. But like, I think you're conflating the two. You might be right, but the uh, on the singles covers the uh, the text font that is used looks a lot like the Stranger Things. Uh, it, like it looks in that family of text to me, anyways. That was one clue I had. Some of the instrumentation, really, I really saw it a lot. I'm surprised you didn't see it. You didn't notice that at all? I'm a Stranger Things fan, so. Really? I got that so much. I had. No, I didn't didn't pick up on that. Okay, well, what about, okay, here's one that you might, uh, the album that's coming out for him is called Chapter 6. Yeah. Stranger Things, every episode has chapter whatever. I I, I I see what you're saying. I I I didn't pick up on it. I think that might be what they're but looking But I, I see what you're saying. For I, I think sure. it might be subtle. For sure. But like the synth leads, the, some of the drums in, uh, well, both of the songs, like the aura of it, it really gave me 80s vibes. And it, yeah. It's I so funny. I got Stranger Things vibes from that. Because you know who produced both tracks? Metro Boomin. He did this. He did Blinding Lights? Yep. Too? Really? I, yeah. I, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that surprised me. Metro Boomin was known for like modern day, like heavy Atlanta trap drums. Yeah. Made this 80s synth pop record. Yeah, the, it's so it's so so interesting. It you is know? interesting. It's pretty impressive. He the heartless drums are sound like Metro Boomin more, but I didn't hear it at all. I hardly heard it anyways. I don't know. In that was him. Lights, I gotta listen back to that. That was him. Really, I'm looking. Hold on, I am really surprised. Yeah, this, actually, look it up. It says it was produced by Oscar Holter, Max Martin, and The Weeknd on Genius. I was told that. And he was in the studio making a lot of the drum patterns in that song. Interesting. That's what I was told. All right. All right. Well, there's an official producer right now. I'm not sure. But he was still involved in that process of that song. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I was really surprised to see that. He's in the music video, too. For, Heart- Heartless. For Heartless. Yeah, yeah. Going back to what I was saying about not knowing much about The weekend as a person, I couldn't. The, the video seems like, I mean, he's talking about how. It's just like a very rebellious song. He's doing a lot of drugs. He's having a great Nothing time. Nothing wrong with that. Do he's, all the drugs. He's tripping out. He's having a great time in Vegas. I'm not promoting drugs. That was a joke, okay? I make <laughs> a lot of jokes like that that are very dry. 
just so you all know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying actually do drugs, but do drugs. Yeah. But don't do drugs. Do all the drugs. But do drugs. <laughs> In the video, he licks a toad at one point and just trips balls. That was like the one part of it that really upset me. <laughs> it was very weird. Very weird. Also, he kisses a statue at one point. That weirded me did out, too. Did he actually kiss it, or was he just, like, nuzzling it? I think he it? did. I think he was just nuzzling it. I don't know, man. It looked it looked intimate. Um, but, yeah, I, so for that song, he was there was a lot of that, those kinds of references. And I just was trying to figure out if this is who he is in real life, if the song is more of, like, a reflection, like, he's actually really not like that. Like, he doesn't do a lot of the drugs and the partying, and he's more reserved, and this is kind of just like an alter ego side of him. I don't know. I always like knowing a little bit more about the artist to kind of understand where they're coming from. And so that was just me. But what did you get from it? So I actually liked Heartless when I first heard it. I didn't like absolutely fall head over heels for it, but I did, I did like it a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. Metro Boom in the weekend, like, you can't you can't go wrong with that combo. Yeah. Um, I think the drop at the beginning is like my favorite drop of the year. Mm, really? Wow. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. High praise. I mean, it, it's just so dirty. High praise. Like, I mean, we're pretty early into the year. <laughs> the weekend is like... Literally separate. He days. doesn't rap, but like him singing like over like a heavy trap beat is like, for some reason to me, is way harder than like any rapper could do it. I don't know what it is, but like he like... It's not even like sing rap. He's still singing. It's just like, it's so like melodic. Yeah. But it's like so staccato at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it doesn't make sense. He almost. has a lot of references throughout it too. They're very like packed. Verses. Yeah. Like he doesn't like waste lyrics. No. You know, like he's every lyric you write, there's like an imagery or like like yeah. a like a deeper thought associated with it. Yeah. It's very both songs are really grand. They have like a really yes. big soundscape. They you know they I mean? feel big almost. Very big. And I think and if you're a weekend fan, you know, like that was a similar feeling on Kissland, his first actual real album mm-hmm. with Republic Records. There was a very like grand and like big feeling um, album. It had a lot of the musical traits to uh, Trilogy, which is what he's most famous for uh, back in the day. But it was like that with like orchestral vibes and like guitar and stuff in it. But this is like more like a pop and like R and B and like hip hop infused version of that. Hmm. So I feel like he's embracing like the new pop hip hop waves that he's been on for the past uh, four years or so. Yeah. So yeah, really, really interesting. Uh, first single, Heartless. Did you like Heartless or Blinding Lights better? Oh, Blinding Lights! I really love Ken. <laughs> I l- biggest drop of the year, like like in like instrumental drop. Yeah, Three Heartless. But like my one of my favorite songs of the year, Blinding Lights. Wow. Like I heard like I heard like, oh, like there's a new like commercial with Mercedes oh, yeah. Benz. Yeah, I heard about that. And like there's the weekend song in it. So I looked it up on YouTube and like they had like a little snippet of the commercial. And I heard like the synths and I was like, What the hell is this? Yeah, that's insane. I cool. got so excited, searched all night and I found the actual like commercial like in German. Yeah. I was like, I need, I need more of this. I need more of this. I need more of this. <laughs> yeah. And then the song came out. I can't remember, can't remember what day it was, but the song came out and had like on loop for mm-hmm. like three hours straight. It, it was, sounds like <laughs> someone's running in the 80s. That's what right? the song sounds Doesn't like. Doesn't it feel that way? <laughs> yeah. It I love it. I love it. Yeah. It just sounds like you're running in the street in the 80s. Like I was playing a song in the weight room when I was coaching my kids. And like some of the, some of the coaches who were, you know, older in their 50s, rather, like, 
what is the 80s music you're playing? I'm like, this is an 80s. This came out yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> That's the weird thing, though. There's so many times that things are throwback, but it's like you're making it now. So how much is it 80s? How much is it just this is what music sounds like in 2020? That's the thing. Like, it feels... It feels like nostalgic, the 80s, yeah. but it's also like, you know, it's only, it's also like so modern, so current. Yeah, the drums are pretty like, great. Yeah, I think they have some, is it toms in there? Mm-hmm. Like in some of the yeah. fills yeah, that yeah, yeah, sounded yeah. very 80s. It kind of has a little bit of, a, I want to say Stranger uh, Things season two, like first episode of the season type vibes. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like montage of everyone, like what they're doing now, they're at the arcade and everything. That's definitely the vibe. He performed both songs on Colbert. And did you watch those videos? I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were good. Uh, and he did, I'm forgetting which one it is now. I think he did Heartless. Yeah, it was Heartless that he did when he's walking through the, the back. So cool. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I have no idea how they did that. Did they, Was that just I don't know. all, was that... All green screen? I, no, it wasn't green screen. It was real. But I don't know how they did it though. But there was there was some camera tricks going on for sure. Yeah, it was cool. It had a it had like a behind the scenes kind of when SNL does the uh, like the walking on the uh, on the tile floors like behind backstage type. Vibe. If you haven't seen them, go check out the weekend's um, performances of Uncle Bear. He does both Blinding Lights and Heartless, and they're both very different, but they're also but they're both like very interesting. Like do like like uh, camera tricks and like yeah, weird imagery and it was really cool. cool. He he went all out, which was really great. I love when people do that on those types of shows. I love I love those type like late night talk shows. I've always have so it's cool to see people really go hard. I think they're on their way up, but you know they're they're cool oh, for now. I think I think you're probably right. They have to make a change, but I've always loved them. So uh, did you notice throughout this whole promo rollout, whether it's on IG, mm. whether it's a music video, whether it's him on Colbert. Mm. Do you notice anything about different about the weekend specifically mm. about his face? No. Well, what about it? Those aren't his real teeth. What are his real teeth? <laughs> I have no, no I don't like, know this. Watch the music video again and then watch, listen to him in the performance on the, on Does the he Colbert. Does drills in or something or what is it? I don't know. If, I don't know if it's like fake teeth or like veneers or whatever. Hmm. Those are not his teeth. No. I know I sound like a creep right now that I would know that. But <laughs> oh, with him. But here's the thing: those are not his teeth. His real teeth aren't the like, ones. Like, look up in the, the weekend like smile. Yeah. Just look it up. Yeah. And then like go look at the like the album cover or the, like the single cover. No, look at the single cover and look at like a picture of him like from like a year ago. That's funny. I it's, didn't notice. Those that. are not his teeth. Either he got like surgery, got veneers, or yeah. he just wearing like something fake. Mm-hmm. Cause if you listen, if you listen to the to the first like Noe sings mm-hmm. and uh, Heartless uh, Colbert performance, mm-hmm. it's like he's like lisping almost. Oh really? I think it's because like he's yeah he wasn't used <laughs> to like singing with it in his just because he has chompers and yeah. Like, that's funny. I didn't notice listen that. listen to him sing, uh, especially mm-hmm. during Heartless. Mm-hmm. You can notice it very very well, especially in the first verse. Dang, I had no idea. No. Yeah. Yeah. The weekend exposed. The weekend exposed. <laughs> Those aren't your real teeth, bro. Come forward, admit it. But you know what? I don't mind it because even though he didn't sound all that great in the Hollis performance, the he's really leaning lean to the character he's trying to play, which I love. So which, you think it's a character? Yeah, he's he's trying to be the Joker, like like a different version of the Joker. Oh, okay. Well, this helps with what I was saying earlier. Like, I don't know much about. It. So, you think he's playing a character that's like an '80s version of the Joker? He's, kinda? he's playing like his, like he's playing himself, but 
but as a Joker, but as himself. Mm. Fun fact: hmm. he went he oh. went as uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker for Halloween this past year. Hmm. So maybe it's been on his mind for a hot sec. Yeah. So he's been. This is. I don't think this is a coincidence. I think they're interesting. They're related to each other. Interesting. Yeah. So I predicted on my Instagram mm-hmm. that um, "Lighting Lights" will be one of the top three songs of 2020 mm-hmm. on the Billboard charts. Okay. Numbers wise. Because this is very, very similar to how he rolled things out for um, "Be Behind the Madness," his first like big, big album. So he brought he released uh, "Can't Feel My Face" and "The Hills" at the same time, right? Mm. Can't Feel My Face immediately, boom, number one, music videos out right away, like hot, 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 hot. Yeah. Then it died down. Then The Hills came out, came out same exact time. But it just started here and gradually, gradually, gradually reached number one. Mm-hmm. When it got there, it stayed there for a while, like a long time. His biggest songs, number-wise, by far. Uh, video came out a little bit later, too. Okay. Things a similar thing. Heartless, right away. Hot, 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 hot. Video out right away. Right. Everything's going. It's been number one in the charts for like two weeks now. Mm. But I think um, Blind Lights, I think that since that song has more pop appeal. For sure. I think it's going to slowly rise up the charts, stay there for a long time, stay on radio play for a long time, and then slowly go back down. I, I wonder if that's if he's doing the same play again. You heard it here first. What? Only time will tell. And remember, I predicted a lot of things in the music industry. <laughs> you know this. <laughs> People can't remember this. I'm, but you remember this. I Give me an example. I'm not remembering anything right now. But Taylor Swift, Kendrick Lamar, Bad Blood Remix. I called that out two months before it happened. How, why did you call it out? What, why, what made you think that was going to happen? Because I knew that she was going to do a remix of it. I knew she was going to do something a little edgier. And then there was a day where uh, Taylor Swift and uh, Kate were having an exchange on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> you just knew in that moment. All my roommates said, I don't know, whatever. Didn't think much of it. But you were positive. Two months later, it happened. You were certain. I called it out. You felt That's it. one of the many things I've called out. <laughs> well... So yes we'll see we'll see if the weekend i know things can. stays i know grows things. to be a hit on the billboards and stays it there will for be. a long time I'm just you wait we'll see just we'll see wait we'll wait it out the video's gonna come out they're gonna it's it's gonna happen it's gonna be a thing all right all right let's talk bieber let's talk bieber yummy don't yummy. like the name of the song I don't like it. it. I always laugh every time. I, I hate it at first, but now I'm all about it. Now that, now that I actually heard the song, watched the video, I actually like it now. Do you like the video? Mm. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It, it makes kinda, me feel uncomfortable. It's just a whatever thing to me. You know? I don't like the shots of the people eating the food like super close. That's like the whole thing. That's like the that's, whole. It's like that's all, for like ten seconds. It's all like weird Jello mold food. And oh, I don't mind that. I I don't like. Seeing the camera in people's mouths while they're eating it. That's what uh, I didn't like. Yeah, that's really gross. But everything else I didn't really, it was whatever. Yeah. It was just whatever to me. He has. He dyed his hair pink. Pink, yeah, I was going to say, almost per, yeah, this weird color. I thought he went back to blonde again. Yeah, I don't know. This man keeps confusing me with his hair. I yeah. don't like it. Yeah. I, Be consistent, not, Bieber. We want consistency. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm not I'm a kidding. fan of the, of, the, of the dyeing of the hair that looks like. Uh, like a nurse's, like you know that pastel, like the blue pastel nurse gown type thing. Yeah, it's like that type of blue, and then you do like that type of purple, that type of pink, that type of all these colors, and that's like 
trendy and I don't like it. People are putting it in their hair. Why? I think it looks terrible. Those those are the same exact colors for Taylor Swift's album rollout. I'm sure she did it better. I hate it on someone's hair though. She didn't dye her hair. I'm not saying I hate right. the colors themselves. The the hair looks weird. I was thinking though, Why are you like, talking about the hair? I don't know. Like I, I don't like it. it, but I feel like you're especially hung up on it. I'm really hung up on it, man. I'm wondering if it's intentional. I've been thinking a lot about this because we were talking before we started recording. He's kind of well, the reason we wanted to talk about him initially is that he's coming out with a docu-series, I guess, right? On YouTube, yeah. Yeah. YouTube and, original. Yeah. And Shout so that, to YouTube. Yeah, so that made me start to think I haven't really heard much from him in quite a, like, a long time. I haven't. He's rarely put out music, but he's been featured on a lot of stuff. Yeah. And pretty much everything he's been featured on has been incredibly successful and generally like really good songs. Here's my thing about that, though. He's never had, has he ever had a top selling album or a top single? I mean, probably from. Has he had, has he had number one single? I don't think he has. You mean like releasing a single outside of an album? Has he had a single that's either reached a billboard number one or the top 40 number one? I don't think he has. You don't, even with Purpose, the album, you don't think anything. I think the album did for a little bit, but I don't think it was that long. But I don't think he's had a number one single. I don't know about number one. That's a. Mm, I don't. I actually really don't. Know. I'm actually surprised that you think. Here's, that. here's my thing about that though. For someone to have as much as much impact on social media, on just the culture and like who we talk about and who's the most who's the most relevant. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he's so relevant and so popular in our culture. But I feel like what he's done numbers wise isn't as impressive as people think he is. And I wonder why that is. Well, I want to look at the numbers. And same thing with Selena Gomez. She's so important and relevant to our culture. We talk about all our time. I mean, you do. I don't, I don't uh, mention Selena, Selena Gomez. Selena <laughs> you are. Yeah. You love Selena. I love Selena. She's been, she was my first. She's my first crush. Really? She first celebrity no, crush was no. Selena? She wasn't. Sean Johnson was. Who's that? Yeah. Who's Sean Johnson? Oh, wait, hold on. Olympian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 She married now with a kid. God bless. Her husband's God dope. Bless. All the best. <laughs> her husband's dope. I like his husband. Her husband. He's an NFL player. Mm. He's a long snapper. Mm. Um, I get it, but I don't get it. Well, There's, he's really attractive. That's why. That's part of the reason. Is that why. all it is? Well, he was. He was. That's like why a, I'm. I'm frustrated. Like, well, okay, is that so, really all it is? I mean, he's definitely. He was a child pop superstar. He was. I. Get, but <laughs> Ken, you're one, not Ken. You're not understanding what I'm saying, though. What are you saying? There's. 10 pop superstars out right out there right now but they're not doing just but they're not talked about like justin bieber was talked about they're not swooned over like justin bieber swooned over yeah well that was like they didn't have the thing. success that he had well but, what, but i like, don't know if any of them were that young when they were doing all that stuff they were just as young i don't know about i mean ariana grande was on like a disney show but she wasn't like she like justin bieber had baby when he was but, really but little, Ariana's like had a young boy. But I feel like Ariana's had no, more number one singles, more Hot 100 charters, more, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, because she's been Bieber out there has had music. how many albums? Bieber, oh. Three albums, I think. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think we three. don't count the Christmas one, even though that was a good album. We don't count that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three albums. He like, hasn't put one out. When, well, when did Purpose come out? Wasn't it like 2015? 2015, 14. Yeah, he hasn't put something out but like an since, actual work in a long time. But he's still been super relevant, super popular. I wonder why. Well, that's is. what I'm saying. It's because is it he, he's. I think he's attractive been attractive, and he's a celebrity. I think he's. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. 
he has, I think, a little bit what we were talking about last week with, and also this week, with the weekend being reserved and not going out and doing a lot of press and things like that. Just, I feel like but the weekend is like Kawhi Leonard. He, like, goes away and, like, you don't hear anything about him. He's, like, not findable. Yeah. It's a different Bieber, strategy. He's posting on social media. He's doing FaceTime. He's posting on Twitter. Yeah. It's a different strategy. You can strategy. find Bieber. He's yeah. doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Weekend, you can't find him. He's locked away. He is. No, he's definitely more, for at least from what you've been telling me, he's much more reserved and like withdrawn. But I would say it's kind of a similar strategy. And uh, the Biebs, he, like what I was saying, he has on a few songs over the past few years. And all pretty much all of them have been really you know good what? and really popular. You know what? That's... That's exactly it. Yeah, he's done collabs, and that's kept them but in, like, the, in the in the circle. A select few really good collabs with all like very cal- artists, very calculated. Yeah, like me- like methodical like collaborations. I mean, honestly, that's he's what's probably, kept them in the loop. Yeah, honestly, I think he's probably trying to not be famous anymore because of his weird, his pipe dream weird childhood. Can I think we talk about like, that for a second? Let's talk about it. Let's say you're 18 years old. All right. You're 18. I'm 18. You've been a pop, not even pop superstar. You've been a pop icon for three years. Oh, my God. <laughs> your your parents have been snoring away your money for you. Responsible. Again, this is a hypothetical. I, know, I don't know if all of this is true, but this is as far as I know. Sure. You've been a pop icon. Literally any girl from 20, 23 to under would do anything to be with you. Like anything, right? <laughs> you you have fifty million dollars in the bank instantly the moment you turn eighteen. Mm-hmm. How do you not go batshit crazy like he did? How do you not How do you not? How do you not urinate in a pail and say I think about thing. myself at eighteen, if I had that ridiculous amount of money, like unfathomable amount of money. Yeah. The in incom- incomprehensible amount of fame that you had at that young age when you're 18 years old, how do you not like? Yeah, how do you not lose it? But the media was. I mean, so- he did though. He definitely did. He did all sorts of stupid stuff. He was a really dumb kid. But like, I mean, but as when- anyone in that situation would be. But I look back now, and the media was extremely hard on him. But, but like, if any if any other person was in that situation, they would do the exact same thing. The exact same thing. $50 million in your bank account. Yeah. You're 18. No one can tell you nothing. Yeah. He was... <laughs> what was uh, that roast joke? It was like, you've become the King Joffrey of pop. <laughs> <laughs> but actually. Yeah. He, but actually. Yeah. Can I have to ask you? Please. Your 18th birthday. Mm-hmm. You get handed $50 million. You have all the fame in the world. Like all of it. What you doing? First thing. Something so dumb probably. What you doing? Be honest now. I would hope that I would be pay honest off now. debt of family and friends. That would be the first thing. No, 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 no. I no, would no. hope I would no, do no, that. No, no, no. Not what, what you hope would do. What would you actually do? I don't. Your selfish, greedy self would come out. What would you actually do? I'd buy Be a, honest. I'd buy a convertible. <laughs> Which one? Which what convertible are you going with? I don't even know, but I know I would Ferrari, buy the Ferrari, the Lambo. I don't know. I'm not a big Lambo guy. 
I would buy a convertible probably. Yeah. It's so stupid. Old school or new school? It's probably something more classic. It's the most like retired guy thing of all time to do, but I love convertibles. But, but the first thing is a car, right? Probably. I'm I'm ashamed to say. If I get fifty million If I in this irresponsible simulation, that's what I would do. I feel like I take a trip almost. But, but that's, I, that's but I don't know. But no, 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 no. Hear me out. I, I do a trip. But I take all my boys with me. Oh my gosh! And we just make all the worst decisions in the world. That sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah, but I could think, see that. But here's happening. the thing: he did that like every weekend until he was like 22. Yeah, but would you want to take a trip if your <laughs> if your whole life is traveling already? You know what I mean? If it's not work, where would you go on your trip? Wherever we can make decisions terribly at 18. Like near a city, or not near, are you thinking like an island? <laughs> well, not America. <laughs> well, yeah. Are you thinking more of an island vibe? More of I'm thinking like of a, a place where they have, where they allow 18 year olds to drink, where they have women, okay. where they have all the drugs. Okay. <laughs> don't do drugs. <laughs> don't do drugs. But do drugs. <laughs> do all the drugs. That'll be a that'll be a sound bite. Lick later a toad, on. bro. That was so weird in the video. So weird. So um, creepy, and you just stared at it for such a long time. I feel like if you're like. Late twenties, early thirties, you get a ton of money. Yeah, it could be like you'll maybe spurge a little bit, but you'll be more responsible. Yeah. But if you're eighteen, you're you're even you're still a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy thing about man. I don't yeah. know. Just some because we we thought about talking about Bieber in the podcast and what kind of mind about Bieber wasn't necessarily his music, but it was just his life up to this point. Because mm-hmm. I feel like we've known about Bieber for over a decade now, but he's only. 25? Something like that. He's pretty, yeah. He's like our age roughly. Like, pretty much. Weird to think about, man. It is weird. Yeah. He's still, he's still <laughs> relatively, he's still pretty young. Yeah. Before we go to the end of the episode, let's talk about the actual music. I was uh, going to say, yummy. Yeah, yummy. So you didn't like the video, clearly. Yeah, the video weirded me out a lot. Um, but the song was good. I liked the electric piano or whatever that was, whatever synth that they were using. I enjoyed it. I liked, I liked that. It a lot. I liked the beat. Who, who wrote this song? Who produced it? I want to see. I'm going to look it up. I want to say Pooh Bear. Yep. So it was produced by... Oh, of course by... Pooh Bear did it. Of course. So Pooh Bear produced it. Kid Coach produced it. Uh, Sasha Satora. I feel like I've heard that name before. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is, but I definitely feel like I've heard her name before. Yeah, it was good. I thought it, it's really catchy. I don't know if it'll age well or not, but I, I liked it. I don't know how well it will age. Maybe it's going to age great. Maybe it won't. My thing is, even though I enjoyed this song, I hope the rest of the album, album doesn't sound like this. I do want more experimental stuff from Bieber. Yeah. I feel like this kind of plays into what he did before. A little bit. And since he took five years off and he talks about he's in a different stage of life and he's, you know, really dug deep into his faith and he's married now and he's kind of seeing what's important in life. Um, I'm hoping that I, even though I love this song, I do want more songs like this one. I hope that we do get more experimental and, um, deeper stuff from him in the next, in this upcoming album. Yeah. And hopefully we can get more snippets of that in the YouTube docuseries. Yeah. I, yeah. I, were there horns? I want to say, were there horns in Yummy? Horns? Like. Yeah. Like trumpets. I want to say there was some um, kind of like throwback R&B outro that was in there. Did I'm you not going to lie. I didn't hear that. What my mind gravitated to- more towards was the drums in that song. Yeah. I want to say the there drums... was this kind of interesting retro fade out of that song that I was kind of impressed by. 
drums felt kind of heavy, but in like a good way in the song. Uh, it felt to me, it felt like catchy. It was summery, very summery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Summer. Yeah, vibes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. I definitely see that. Oh, I, I liked wonder, it. I wonder who's gonna collaborate this on this project. I don't know. I've heard rumors about Travis Scott on this project. I've heard rumors about Post Malone on this project as well. I can see that. Um, yeah, we've heard Travis Scott collaboration before with Bieber. Mm-hmm. Um, Post Listen Malone, I think, be pretty good. Do you ever see that YouTube video where um, they like slow down Post Malone's voice or like speed up Post Malone Post Malone's voice and it sounds like Bieber? Really? And then vice versa, they like take a Bieber song, they slow it down, it sounds like Post Malone. Really? Yeah, it's really funny. Huh, no, I want to see that. Yeah, yeah, it's really funny. Check it out. I Yeah, I listened to the whole Purpose album earlier today. And I was, one thing I'll say about that, I liked, it, it's kind of, that album was like my guilty pleasure when it came out. I And then listening, same, listening same, back. Same, yeah, yeah totally. It, it was really good. <laughs> I would, I remember, yeah, one time, yeah, I was just so embarrassed by it, man. Like, when it would come on. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's Beebs. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm just embarrassed. Um, no shame, though. Yeah. But listening back, I'd still like maybe two-thirds of the album. I think if it was maybe two-thirds of the size, it would be just, like, all amazing songs all the way through. Right. There's some there's some fluff, I would say, personally. But it's good, though. I really like the, the production. sounds really great. And it's, like, very clear and crisp. And that aged really well, I would say. A lot of the songs did. Like, I was listening through it, and I'm like, oh, I forgot about the song. Oh, I forgot about this song. Oh, I forgot about this song. Oh, Ed Sheeran wrote uh, Oh, yeah, I remember on the songwriter documentary. Yeah. So Sheeran, he, he's writing, um, what was this? Love Yourself. Called? Yeah, he wrote Love Yourself. Yeah, that was that was really cool to see. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It was it was cool. I am curious to see what he kind of puts out. He, cause he's Same. Been, yeah, he's been, like we were saying, he's done some cool collaborations, and he did one with, was it uh, Dan and Shay? Is that the name yep. of them? Yep, 10,000 Hours. 10,000 Hours. That was pretty yep. good, too. So, yeah, I don't know. I think he's probably doing the right strategy. Just, like, let things simmer for a long time, then come out with, like, like a, hopefully a good album. I don't know. I was really impressed. One thing that the, the Purpose album reminded me of, uh, Questlove, in 2013, he was teaching a course at uh, New York University. It was, uh, I think it was called, like, Classic Albums or something like that. Mm-hmm. And breaking down like he i think he was saying he had over 16 gigs of music that he was presenting to the class over this semester or whatever and one of the themes was uh transitional albums so like an album an artist is doing one thing and then they make a a, a major change to how they're approaching it so like a, right. a modern example would be like kanye doing a, a like a full gospel album like what he did with jesus is king so he's talking about these transitional albums and sometimes that leads an album to be classic and that was one thing i was not i'm not to say that purpose is a classic album but it did it was reminding me of that though it was definitely like a coming of age thing kind of a shift from what he was doing before so for sure yeah i thought it was kind of cool um so let's end the show with some uh, listener questions oh yeah so the first one at uh deborah nelso underscore gym page um asked um what are your uh gym style inspirations and also asked uh what are your sport career and family goals Gym style inspiration. I would definitely have to say um, anything and everything Alphalete. That's my favorite brand. That's why I always rock. If you see me uh, in the gym or even just out and about, um, I usually have something, at least one thing Alphalete on at all times. Um, Not even planned. It's just how I dress. I buy so much from them. Um, Also like Gymshark stuff too. They're pretty good. I mean, everyone loves Nike. Everyone loves Adidas. Um, I don't know. 
I've been seeing a lot Pretty more basic. people in Gymshark lately. I've been noticing that. Yeah, they're definitely growing a lot. They're a big international brand, you know. Mm. And then uh, sport, career, family goals. Um, sport goals. Um, I have my own, but I kind of keep them a secret. And then I it's talk about them same at a later for me day. For, for yeah, for those. Um, but you guys will know at some point, I'm sure. Um, career goals. Um, I'm trying to get experience right now in coaching. Um, some of the, I'm one of the coaches of strength conditioning at Concordia, and I'm also a football and track coach. So I'm just trying to get as much experience as that as possible. And then uh, the idea is to go to uh, graduate school of strength conditioning within the next uh, year or two. Um, and the family goals, no plans for our family <laughs> currently. <laughs> yeah. The foreseeable future seems uh, pretty Yeah. Pretty single right now. Yeah, um, big question. That's fine. Yeah, big question. How about you, Ken? Um, career and family goals. Career goals, I kind of want to keep under wraps a bit, but I would say right now I'm just trying to get better at some of the skills that I'm working on. So I've been I've been really diving into a lot of training stuff, and I kind of am seeing storytelling as the through line through all these different creative endeavors and interests that I have, and so I'm trying to hone in on some of those skills and refine them for family stuff i would say just stay chilling with my family i have a big family and i love them and they're great and that's all i'm concerned about right now so right on um and then the other person who asked questions was yeah. uh sydney a good friend of mine from um our time at uh acceleration arts when we interned together so she actually asked a ton of questions great. um let's see let me find one that's for you <laughs> uh what inspired you to get into cooking it's a good question. I would say, first off, my mom is a great cook. She indeed she is. She's really good. She has she had, can make a whole bunch of stuff that is just so amazing. Uh, my dad is also into cooking, but he has kind of his greatest hits. He has maybe four or five dishes that he he can hit out of the park every time, and that's pretty much what he makes. That's kind of his contribution. Um, so I'm kind of a mix of those two, where I just want to keep on trying all these different varieties, but then also <laughs> be obsessive about trying to get them really good so it starts with the family uh and then i would say shows like food network i watched a lot growing up so like elton brown's good eats was a big one for me okay i loved that it played into my my childhood puppet obsession and mm -hmm. like nerdy science stuff and he's just like a weirdo and it he broke the fourth wall constantly which was fun sure um that was a big one and then in college it was just kind of kind of an independence thing like oh i'm gonna start cooking for myself i want to get good at this then i worked for i did marketing for a restaurant group for a while that was super fun and now it's just following all sorts of people on instagram and watching like the bon appetit youtube videos honestly the chef show is probably my number one favorite cooking show right now I, it's so good cannot recommend it enough um so yeah that's kind of how i got into it all right i'll do one for myself yeah so what's one exercise that is a staple in your routine or any of your clients and why? Um, I would say actually for both myself and my athletes, um, one thing that it's not even a specific thing that I focus on. It's more so that I make a big emphasis on compound movements. So your big lifts like your squat, your bench, your deadlift, your cleans. Um, never I'm... Um, doing my own workouts or writing uh, workouts for my athletes. I make a big, big, that's probably the biggest point in my workout because I feel like a lot of um, coaches and trainers these days, they focus too much on 
doing a lot of little things that are new and trendy and they don't focus enough on you know, your basic things are actually gonna make the biggest difference on your training so um so give ex- for people who aren't as savvy to this like give ex- some examples of compound movements just your like your squats your deadlifts anything that's like focusing on like major muscle groups and like would like a bench press or like a push-up or like a lunge count yep, a bench press that? would definitely be one of those um even like a barbell um like single leg like squat or something like that would be a compound movement would a pull-up count as a compound yeah totally okay yeah um, you're gauging mu- different muscle groups. You're focusing a lot on the back, your lats, your traps, mm. uh, even forearms and biceps, all that stuff. So I make a big point to focus on those instead of, you know, just your, your bicep curls or, you know, hamstring curls or just stuff like that. Like those have those have a place for sure in training, but um, I don't focus nearly as much as that. Mm. If you look at the workouts of my athletes, it's like two big compound lifts where that they're doing that for like two thirds of the time and then, They'll throw it out of time. They're doing their accessory work. So um, that's what I would say for that. Ken, another question for you. Yeah. And we'll we'll do one more question each, and then we'll wrap it up. Cool. Um, if you could open a restaurant, what would it be, and what would be on the menu? One of the things I would love to do is to open a cafe in the Twin Cities. One of my first jobs was working at a patisseria. So I was a barista serving pastries and gelato stuff like that i like the idea of not short order but relatively kind of like like uh and uh antony from queer eye like fast casual he always says <laughs> fast casual so maybe in that realm of um maybe bowls or something like that i, I really don't know um but definitely leaning into drinks like uh, the coffees the teas and then bringing in really good dishes and then serving it hopefully quickly that's that's kind of where i'm at right now i have volumes to say about that but that's kind of like my my cliff notes so question for me um who in the fitness industry field has has influenced you or helped you the most in your knowledge and training what have you learned from them um when it comes to um who's influenced me the most i probably say um Coach Quasta, Coach Michaels, who were my coaches in high school, and now they're I'm coaching alongside them now. Um, I would say I've also learned a lot from Chris Carroll at Bethel University, who was uh, my advisor and uh, a teacher for a lot of my courses, who taught the strength conditioning course at Bethel that I took. And um, basically, he laid the foundation for um, everything I know about uh, strength conditioning in that class and, you know, working with long side him throughout my career there and then um at concordia is kind of where i kind of refined those skills and put them to work yeah and then i was as i was doing that you know coach quas coach michaels would you know ex- have explanations of why they're doing certain things and why they chose to do this lift instead of that lift etc etc and how they would coach the athletes and teach them you know how do you work through your clean progression how do you um teach you know, the squat, et cetera, et cetera, stuff like that. So, and they, um, they also taught me, you know, have a passion for what you do, you know, like if you don't, if you aren't passionate about, um, this field, like you shouldn't be in it, you know, cause eventually it's going to run you down. You're not going to want to do it anymore. You're going to be a, doing a bad job at it. So, um, that's what I would say for that guys, before we get out here first, we want to say thank you for listening. We appreciate your support. Thank you. Yeah. 
Um, we also want to correct ourselves. Last episode, we gave you the wrong information on the socials and the other stuff. Oh, yeah. Because we updated a couple things. Yep. There was, I had a little feud with Instagram, but it's oh, all you good. Did? We, we, we figured it out. Oh, good. We came to understanding. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first I've heard of it. So, if you want to listen to us, you can find us on CastBox. You can find us on YouTube. You can also find us on SoundCloud. And all you have to do is type in the cook and the coach and you should be able to find us there. Um, if you are on Twitter and you want to follow us and find out more about us through that way, you can follow us at, at the cook and the C one. Again, that's the cook and the letter C one. And then Instagram, you can follow us at podcast, the cook and the coach again, at podcast, the cook and the coach. And then, guys, if you have any question for us, just please uh, feel free to DM us um, on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at thecookandthecoachpod at gmail.com. Again, one more time, that's thecookandthecoachpod at gmail.com. Uh, my Instagram, at Beza, B-A-E-Z-A. And then last name, Tensaya, T-E-N-S-A-I-E, Beza Tensaya. You can follow me there. You can DM me there. Ask me questions uh, for the pod or just in general. Ken, your socials? On Instagram, kpmartin2, K-P-M-A-R-T-I-N-2. Yeah, same thing. DM me if you have any questions about the show or anything else. Guys, that's another episode of The Cooking the Coach. We appreciate your listening. Um, please subscribe to our YouTube channels, our SoundCloud channels, CastBox, Instagram, Twitter, all that. Really does help us out a lot. And we listen. Please like the episodes. Yeah. That'll help us uh, get farther reach as well. Uh, We appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, Peace out. Goodbye. God bless.